Welcome to Opening the Door podcast. Join me as we unlock the door to our psychic and mediumship abilities. Today, you'll hear a conversation I had with B. We talk about her experience with lucid dreaming and nightmares, sleep paralysis, and all of that spooky stuff, and she gives lots of tips and thoughts along the way. The dream world is just so fascinating to me. Also, very exciting announcement. The night after we recorded this podcast episode about a month or so ago, I lucid dreamed for the first time. So you'll hear me in this podcast episode talk about how I have not lucid dreamed before. But now, as I'm recording this intro, later when this podcast comes out, I have officially lucid dreamed. How exciting. I think recording this episode with B must have just really activated something in me. And maybe it'll activate something in you too. And another really fun announcement based on this episode, B and I will be going live on Instagram on October 2nd, 2023 at 8 p.m. where I'll be talking about my first lucid dreaming experience and you can interact and ask any questions you have that have come out of this episode. So make sure you join us on Instagram on October 2nd at 8 p.m. Eastern time for some fun and conversation. Also, before we get into the episode, just a reminder, if you want to attend Anthony and I's Tipping the Table event on October 10th at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, we still have tickets, so please come and join us. Tell us your ghost stories. We'll have ghost storytelling time, Q&A based on all of your stories, and we'll do some mini readings as well if Spirit wants to come through. This is a small event, so you'll definitely have time to talk, so come hang out with us. We want you to be there. Enjoy the episode, and remember, don't be afraid to open your door. Oh, I also forgot to mention that in this episode, you will hear a few audio glitches, and I can't really explain why, but we just had a few little audio glitches, so bear with us. Um, You're still going to get tons out of this episode. Also, one of the things that B mentions that I swear I remember her mentioning while we originally recorded, but I actually didn't hear it again in the episode as I came through editing, which is so weird. It might just be in that some of that glitchy audio that we can't hear, but she actually suggests that lucid dreaming, activating your lucid dreaming is actually easier when you're in a nightmare because it like sort of activates that, like, I want to get out of this. So if you are having a nightmare and this is how my original first lucid dream was activated, I was having a nightmare. And then I was like, wait, let me lucid dream out of this. Let me get back into it. So I do suggest that as just a little tip that I swear was in the podcast as we recorded, but I could not find it as I was going back editing. How weird. But yeah, just wanted to add that in because I think that's important. Okay, thanks. Bye. Today, we're welcoming B to opening the door. B, also known as B Really Channeling, is a jack of all trades, light worker, clairvoyant channeler, meditation instructor, Reiki practitioner, spiritual coach, creator, small business owner, and part-time artist coming to us from South Jersey. B, welcome to Opening the Door. Hello, hello. Hi, thank you so much. So excited to chat with you today and like get into the spooky stuff. But before we do that, let's establish a little bit of your background. Can you tell me where your spiritual journey began? Uh, So for me personally, uh, it's pretty much been a lifelong thing since I was young. Um, So I've always been sensitive. You know, it took a long time to really, I guess, know that I had gifts. Um, It really like in my mid-teens and then that's kind of where like 
a lot of my own personal things that I was going through started to come up for healing, but always super interested. I, I also have certain like family members so who were like doing their thing and had their own kind of gifts too. So I always had the knowledge that there's something else that, you know, maybe what I was going through wasn't just because of my experiences or my environment. Um, I think it definitely had a big play in that because, you know, I, it shaped the way that I was viewing things. But then once I realized like, you know, um, oh shit, like <laughs> I'm really sensitive and I'm absorbing a lot of the things around me. Um, you know, I met some really beautiful teachers when I was young who helped me realize, you know, oh, this is something that's going on, um, you know, learning to protect my energy, learning more about different practices and what worked for me. Um, so, you know, finally coming into my adulthood, I was able to really like fine tune and do a lot of the work and the shadow work too, that let me kind of have that clear channel that I'm working with now and um, kind of use that, you know, to help people and just to make things better, especially for, you know, like I said, myself. So, when I was a lot younger, it was difficult for me. Um, I had a lot of traumatic experiences and like my upbringing, kind of how that was, you know, for me growing up. Um, so I was able to really, you know, turn things around and I like to use that experience to help others too. Love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think there's so much goodness in there and I'm wondering sort of coming out of that how so it sounds like you had family members or people in your life when you were younger that helped you understand that like it was okay to practice with these um, gifts and abilities so I'm wondering how did that inform or like having those people around do you feel like that helped your journey accelerate a little bit like what do you think about that so it's interesting the people that were that was really close to me at the time that helped me was actually not family members <laughs> they were people that i sought out for i've always been curious so even since i was like you know like 12 13 years old like my favorite show back in the day was charm okay <laughs> i had all the box sets and everything and it, it it's actually interesting because my my personal family at the the time um, was very religious so actually not supportive in that way and that kind of pushed me you know I'm also an Aries so I'm very high strung and like if I want to learn I'm going to go learn what I need to do so I think there's a contrast really when it comes to how I learned everything and what shaped me but I think the balance of the good and the bad you know kind of is what did that for me so when I was 17, that was the first time I ever picked up a tarot deck. Uh, it was Oracle cards to be exact. And, you know, that was part of where I started to, you know, work with different modalities and find what worked for me. Um, but, you know, eventually I, it helped me build more strength within myself so I could trust myself and know that sometimes the people closest to us aren't always going to be there for us, or maybe they just don't have that understanding. So that kind of led me to kind of create my own path. You know, I, I think too, we hear like breaking generational curses and kind of doing things differently. I definitely did things differently in my life. Oh, I love that. How did you feel doing that when I'm not sure like if you want to, if, or if you don't want to speak to how close you were or are to your family, but how did you feel sort of breaking out of those uh, generational, if you want to call them curses or just sort of uh loops that we find ourselves in with through family yeah so yeah I don't mind it and it's it's really cool how you know the journey is so not straightforward it's it's kind of that spiral it's like here and there all around so I can also say at this point in life 
they are supportive. <laughs> Love that. So it's like this whole like, you know, thing, you know, but at the time it was hard. Like it was really hard, I think personally for me. And uh, I think that really threw me into doing a lot of shadow work. They, you know, as we say, or just doing de- like deep, deep healing, you know, when it comes to like, oh, I wish that I had this kind of support. And I think because I was so adamant to be myself, that's where I gained more of that support later, where it's like, you know, no, 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 this is me. You know, this is what I'm experiencing. And kind of like whatever else everyone's saying, uh, you know, kind of F the noise. I'm still going to express myself the way that I'm expressing myself and know what's true for myself. So I hope that answered the question a little bit, but yeah. really it's, it's more so like, it, yeah, it, it took me down for a while, but then it gave me so much strength and mm-hmm. um, it's kind of like too, where they're like, you know, loving yourself teaches other people how to love you, you know? And so that was really true for me when I was growing up. Mm, there's so much good little nuggets of gold that you just gave us there and loving yourself is how you want to be loved teaching is teaching other people how to love you. Oh, I love that so much. That's so good. And the other thing that you said that just like really struck a chord with me was that you were just adamant in to be yourself. And oh my gosh, I love the way that you phrased that. That just feels so powerful. And, um, I don't know that, that, that really just struck a chord. So thank you for sharing that. So you have a lot, this is my last question before we get spooky here, where you have a lot of you know, you do a lot. You, you are a meditation instructor, you, uh, you know, you channel your light worker, um, Reiki practitioner. So what are some of your like favorite ways to tap into this universal energy that you're tapping into in so many ways? And how did you decide to like pursue these little niches specifically? Yeah. Okay. So, um, well, kind of like I mentioned, when I first picked up Oracle cards, I was 17. So I'm 30 now, (laughs) if that gives some, uh, you know, um, I I guess, so you can get the idea of how long I've been kind of doing that, but, um, really just curiosity. I think for one, um, it's a part of, it was a part of my own unraveling. I think where trying to lean into where my strengths my weaknesses and just leveling where I thought I wanted to to learn or where I wanted to go. So some of my favorite practices now, definitely quiet time. Like I would say meditation, and I know that's a use of connection, it is. Um, But really sometimes for me, um, I'm very sensitive to energy. You know, sometimes uh, I think we have like mediums. I'm personally not like really a medium. That's not where, where I lean into when it comes to like speaking and hearing like specific spirits and things like that but energy for me is like my biggest sensitivity so when I'm by myself it gives me a chance to get clear like very clear and that's like not even like just breath work is enough for me to center me and to get me where I need um being outside I love to be outside you know because of the energetic sensitivity that I have I do get overwhelmed so you know taking a shower getting in water anything that's really soothing in myself back down you know and there's tons of other ways too right with all of these modalities so I, I do like to practice Reiki on myself as well so like feeling a little out of sorts or uh, even for just normal, like 
I feel kind of sick today. I'm gonna, <laughs> you know, give myself um, some healing, healing uh, meditation. So I love sound and in all forms. So just listening to music, my favorite, um, you know, songs. And, I, you know, I do like to mention, let me mention real quick, meditation for me, it doesn't have to just be super silent and quiet and breath and like alone. Meditation for me is movement to me, meditation is sound, you know, all of those things kind of together. So a big part of my own practices too, is like, you know, one day I might listen to like a really grounding spiritual song or, you know, the chimes and the gongs and that's beautiful. But other times too, I really need to listen to like a hip hop song <laughs> or like a rap song or like a metal song that touches me in that moment because I can release. And so that releasing process is also huge for me. And I think too, also like a top one of my practices, it's, it's to embody and to release and to feel that I think is like actually most like kind of top on the list there about um, how I clear and I center and I can tap into these things, you know, just processing through it all and kind of in all those ways, but you know, it, flux it fluctuates with the day because not every day is the same so I deal with them differently but I love having like a little bucket of things Ooh, yeah <laughs> you know, I love that I can too still do what works what doesn't work yes every day is so different and I think that's okay you know I think a lot of us want to have a really rigid or like this is what I do every day for my spirituality but I love what you're touching on which is like every day does feel different and you're going to feel different and maybe not every practice is going to suit you every day and I think right. release is such a huge such a good word and something that comes up a lot because we have to release to like move forward in our, in our spirituality. And so I think that's a great note that you touched on. So let's get into it and talk about spooky, lucid dreams, nightmares. So the reason this, this episode sort of came about was I think B, you messaged me. I had put something up on Instagram that was like, it was right after the dreaming two-part podcast that I did with Anthony and you messaged me and you were like oh my gosh um like lucid dreaming and nightmares would make a really good episode you know mm -hmm. and then you sort of alluded to like you having some really good stories about that and I was like why don't you come on and like talk about that so I'm really excited yeah. to chat through that with you so I guess like let's start with just lucid dreaming and yeah. what was what has been your experience with lucid dreaming and if you can yeah. remember what was what was your first time lucid dreaming like oh okay yes so I love this conversation <laughs> I so I've always been able to lucid dream this is one point one um I'm so, so I jealous I just want to say that I am so jealous of that <laughs> it was it's okay so it's not like every single night, but it's often enough. So ever since I was little, uh, I realized when I'm dreaming, it feels like it's real or I could tell that I was, dreaming. um, at first, like when I was really young, I didn't really think too much of it. I kind of was just like, you know, I don't think I was ever one of those kids either who was afraid to go to bed. Like I, okay. <laughs> uh, and I knew like I could fly if I wanted to. I knew I could talk to the characters in a dream. That's another story. We'll get to that one. I knew that I had some kind of control. And when I didn't have control, I would notice and then try to, to get there or I would wake up. <laughs> so, so cool. it, you know, it, 
yeah, it wasn't until like I got a little bit older um, where I started delving into like my spirituality and um, different like practices that I realized, oh, okay, I can set intentions before bed. So it was kind of like the beginning, beginning. That was the start of everything. Yeah. So when you mentioned like realizing in a dream that you're not in control and gaining that control, can you tell me a little bit of what that feels like for you in that process and how, if you can, like, how do you do that? Okay. So to start, if I, let's say I was dreaming and, um, I, I knew like I didn't have control, but I was like semi-conscious of the dream. It's really interesting because it first feels like a fog. Like it feels like there's layers to where I am in a way, um, or it feels like a blanket uh, where I, I know I don't have full control of what's happening. But once my awareness kicks in and I'm like, well, wait a minute, I'm like, I feel like I'm dreaming. It's like the blankets lifted. That's what it kind of feels like, you know? And so once I can take control of a dream, um, you know, simple ways to try to like really recognize it's first just the awareness piece of like, I'm dreaming, what? But um, I would use like, try to um, look around and see the surroundings, trying to pick up on the things that I see. You know, it's a little bit, it's not easy. Like I, I wouldn't say, I wish there was like a switch here. I'd be like, Hey, we can all like lucid dream together guys. But I think a big part of it is uh, just being aware, like naturally that kind of comes through for me. So, but once I can get my intention, Oh, it's so cool. <laughs> yeah. And I would suggest, uh, you know, you can try to look at your hands. You can try to look at a clock. You can try to interact with the characters in your dream to like really waken yourself up in a way. And I would really to practice maybe some intentions before bed. Um, because like I mentioned, when I was little, little, I didn't know, like I wasn't intentionally doing it. It was just kind of happening. And I knew like, oh yeah, I could remember this in the morning. Oh yeah, like I could do things while I was asleep. It was when I got older that I started practicing more intentional ways to connect that way. And that was really helpful. Also dream journaling, because uh, it kind of preset the tone for me to remember the things that I was going through in the dream realm, you know, and then it was easier that following night because it was already there. Like, all right, I'm going to do this. So cool. The closest I've gotten to lucid dreaming is when I was younger, like fifth or sixth grade, I would have this dream where I lost my watch at school and I'd be running around looking for it. And then I would stop and be like, oh, I don't need to worry. I'm, I'm in a dream. I didn't really lose my watch, but that's as far as I've gotten. Yeah. So it's one of my goals this year and probably in 2024 too, to like master lucid dreaming. And something that's been yeah. happening to me lately has been, I'm, I definitely feel a little bit more aware in these dreams and I'll see like a mm-hmm. book or something like close to my face, but I can't read the words and they're like, blurred. Mm. and I'm trying to yeah. focus and yeah. read, read the words or like make the words appear basically. Yeah. So I feel like I'm getting a tiny little bit closer, but I'm not quite there yet. So hopefully soon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so jealous of people who are like you, Anthony. <laughs> um, I have a friend of mine from college who just like easily lucid dreams. I'm like, I, yeah. I want that. I want it so badly. <laughs> Yeah. So what about when lucid dreaming has gotten kind of spooky? Any stories about um, when it's gotten a little out of hand, maybe? Yeah. So kind of, we're going to break it down a little bit. So the interesting thing is when I'm lucid dreaming, the scary stuff actually goes away. 
it's the opposite. It's like, if I'm in a dream and I don't have control, that it can get scary. I think too, the other thing, it's like, I think there's levels to lucid dreaming. That's the other thing. I, I don't think that we're always completely in control if we're in lucid dream. Um, I feel like that kind of foggy feeling I was mentioning is like a level of it, let's say where I can be aware, but I don't necessarily like have the movements or the, the exact conversation that I want to push forward in there. It's more, it's almost like watching myself at a distance while it's happening, but yeah. I don't get to move my body or like be able to talk the way I want to. So I think um, when I'm partially lucid, that's when things can go a little weird. Like, you know what I mean? So I do have a story. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Um, and, it, and this was, so when I was a teenager, this is when I was like 15 or 16 and I was lucid dreaming. I didn't have a hold on it though, like I do now. So at the time I was like going to sleep and this is actually more of, um, I hit sleep paralysis before I lucid dreamed. So <laughs> that was my part of my scary time. And, you know, at the time I didn't know what that was about, but I remember going to bed and I was laying there and I thought I was asleep. Like I felt like I was asleep, but when I opened my eyes, I was still in my bedroom. So I was like, Oh, I don't know why I'm here. I can't move. Uh, and I was just frozen. Like I really couldn't go anywhere. The number one, most biggest, scariest moment in my, my life was when I was like they're looking and this huge like entity spirit energetic thing crawled on top of my body like legit on my body all force first of all I will never forget it and it, it was interesting because it wasn't in like solid form but it like glowed like it had like electrical pulses almost around the whole body but it did look scary I'm not gonna lie I saw the face and I saw that there was like some kind of teeth and a big wide like mouth situation and the eyes were not there and very very scary <laughs> um, was now, it kind of human or was it more like an animal no it wasn't human at all and it was very uh I don't want to even use the word demonic scary like it was monster like now the other part of this story though and I actually didn't get to the dream 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 part at this like in this particular instance because I did get free after a little bit but interestingly so little side note I grew up in a catholic household very religious like I kind of mentioned and I was also like, you know, that was also part of my spirituality at the time, you know, and I still source like, you know, universe at the time it was God. I still kind of resonate with that, but um, just a little differently. I instantly started to pray when that happened. I immediately uh, like spirit, Lord, please protect me in this moment. Please free me from whatever this is like. And um, I had no real training, <laughs> no real like, you know, practices in place at that time. But immediately that's where my heart went. And it was almost instantly I was free. I was free, whatever it was left. Now, I remember though, physically seeing and feeling like there were imprints on top of my body. Like I was legit really scared. And when I got up, I ran down the hallway to my grandma's room <laughs> and jumped in her bed and was like, oh my God, like, you know, and I don't even know if I told her the story to be honest at the time, but I remember feeling so safe uh, and not for nothing. Like she had crosses on the walls all over the place, rosaries lying around, angel sculptures. Like <laughs> I felt very safe at that time. 
but it was a very kind of like intense moment for me, uh, you know, and uh, other things that happened later on in my life in that number one first story I have for you. Oh yeah, that is really, ooh, ooh. oh, spooky, yeah. spooky as fuck. I, I got yeah. goosebumps as you were telling <laughs> that, like cool. what, in like the questions that come from that for me are, and, and I don't expect you to answer them or anything, but like, no, what so was that? And I don't know, where bro. did it come like, from no and idea. why did it choose you almost? Like yeah. those are my questions. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know that we'll ever answer those, but like those yeah. are the questions that comes, come for yeah. me. And so I mean, and to be fair, listen, I do have speculation, like some speculation. So we we know kind of like vibration and frequency and how where things certain things can live, certain you know levels of uh, what that could be like. So at the time when I was around that age, I was going through an extreme depression, really bad anxiety. I was going through like household stuff, school stuff, you know, which had me in a really dark place, you know, and speculation again you know I don't know really but I do feel like maybe that was a part of what was going on you know kind of because I was so vibrationally low I'm sure whatever was matching me then had its opening to where I was and this was also part of what set me up for how can I protect myself what do I need to learn am I really crazy or is there something else going on here too you know, it's a whole lot of things, I think, but yeah, I don't know. I I love how the intertwine of, like I said, the the journey can be because it's like, it's such a cool, like concrete, but it was definitely uh, something that pushed me to do more work and, you know, eventually getting out of those kind of cycles. Yeah, for sure. Ooh, creepy, creepy, creepy. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that happened and you hadn't mastered your lucid dreaming yet. So what, what was, what was next for you after that? Uh, so next up for that, well, that was sleep paralysis for me. So I hadn't experienced it too much more after that, but I have had dreams that were similar. So maybe this is a little bit of the nightmare stuff. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Um, and again, it was always very, I feel like I've always been very spiritually connected, even asleep, like even in my unconscious, um, kind of mind. So, uh, you know, there's lots of dreams I had where, um, I had people chasing me and I would have, you know, this really big fear that there was something always watching or always around. Um, so when it came to nightmares, I would be okay. Like these are like my running ones and I've had them a few times. I haven't actually in like a while, like probably the last like 10 years of my life now, but back then this was a theme, I guess. Um, so I would have these dreams where I was in my house and first of all, the doors were not like real doors. They were like cut in half and I would see like these shadow people or like people dressed up in masks outside of the windows, like trying to get in the house. And I'm like, and I would run to the doors to try to like lock them. But like, I can see everyone can see me. The door is not complete and they would come in the house. And then I wouldn't see them anymore. I would feel them like right behind me. So I would try and go through the house. And a part of the times where I was trying to gain control, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, where it's like you're running from something, but all of a sudden your body's like a thousand pounds and you can't Mm -hmm. really move. Oh, that was the worst. (laughs) So I would try to like grab furniture, like in my dreams and like pull myself to maneuver away. 
But again, if I ever felt like I was completely surrounded by this darkness or some kind of um, overwhelming energy, I would pray. Like I would, please protect me. Please get me out of the situation. I don't know. And I would wake up. Like I would wake up instantly mm-hmm. from that moment. So it's interesting to me when I think about lucid dreaming or when I think about just the spirit, like the astral plane or the dream realm, how connected that is to just a whole other kind of existence or a whole other connection that maybe we're not always aware of, because a lot of those situations felt very real. They felt very real. Like I went to bed and I woke up in another place not like it's just you know a dream yeah. um so <laughs> that yeah. was a big what do you think that this is kind of leading to one of my questions too is like what do you think our dreamscape is like where do we go yeah like what what is it to you do you, like obviously we're all we're theorizing we're never gonna maybe know yeah. for sure but like right. what do you think right now what are what are your beliefs on that right now so I, my personal belief um, is, I think that there's another layer that we're visiting, you know, maybe there's another dimension or another uh, energetic wavelength. I don't know, like, you know, that could be it, but I do feel like it's, it's very conscious, you know, even if we aren't always tapped in to be consciously aware, I think that there is a level of work being done on us, uh, whether it's from our higher selves. That's another thing. If you ever feel like you're going to bed, you wake up and you're like still extremely tired. I personally believe like I've gotten my own messages, um, you know, like channeled messages where it's like, oh yeah, you for sure was getting worked on last night by your guides or like your higher self is doing something. You know, I also believe that we're working through some things in our dream space, even if, uh, let's say we couldn't remember it, if we've had certain, um, like, symbols and synchronicities in our dream that we can remember when we wake up. And I do feel like, you know, it doesn't mean that it's just us and our conscious mind. I do feel like there's, let's say, gateways or portals or other kinds of entryways where there's other beings and I'm sure other things that live on those planes that probably you know interact with us I I definitely believe all that (laughs) yeah it's so fascinating the dreamscape is definitely something that I've that's really piqued my interest in the past six months and so I I just love talking about it because it's just so fascinating and and mysterious to me and um and I do have another story so an interesting one too not as spooky, but definitely something to try. I would recommend trying this. If you're um, trying to lucid dream, let's say you accomplish being lucid in your dream. So I had a, an experience once where I became lucid. It was very interesting. The dream itself, it was kind of end of the world, kind of uh, like chaos going on, people running around, like there were aliens in this dream. There was, there was crafts and people and things being shifted and moved around and all that. But in my dream, I was lucid and I, and I looked over to someone cause there's people running around, right? I'm outside. That's also part of this dream. And I turn over and there's this group of people standing there, like kind of huddled talking, you know, if you'd imagine like, right. People just trying to figure out what's going on. Um, so I went up to them and I was like, what's going on? <laughs> what's like, what's happening? Who are you? Or like, you know, and I actually got a response from my dream person in the dream who, t- who told me they were there because they needed to be. And I was like, what? 
so separate from myself, I absolutely felt like there was another, like another presence or connection to why they were there. Um, I felt very unrelated to me, even in the dream. I didn't feel like it was a guide or an angel or even like a past loved one or different. I felt very detached from this energy and it was very kind. It was not like mean. It didn't feel negative, but it just felt, it felt weird. <laughs> like they were just like, because we need to be here like very adamant and very like sure of themselves when they responded to me. And then I do remember they kind of left it be. They wouldn't answer or like say anything else because I was like, well, what does that mean? And they just turned around and continued to talk to their people, which was like, oh my gosh, you know, and this kind of adds to that idea where there has to be some other kind of, I don't know, living space or uh, just, just portal layer something where there is something else going on up there that we just maybe aren't aware of yet or we haven't you know tapped in that way yet but super interesting and I will never yeah. forget that ever 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 and you know so my recommendation is for that long long short story is that if you are lucid very curious to see try to talk or interact with the beings in your dream because you'd be so surprised if they answer back to you and you're like what I just got my answer um literally <laughs> Yeah, that is fascinating. That's so cool that you're able to do that. Definitely goals for me. Like, oh, wow, <laughs> there's so much there. So that sounds like a little bit of a stressful dream. Obviously, you're in sort of like an apocalyptic situation. So yeah. maybe this this leads us a little bit into more. So like nightmares and being lucid yeah. and being able to change those. What has your experience been with that? So changing it from a more like negative or like scary situation is actually very nice. It's very, it's, it's almost like um, if I've ever become lucid in a scary situation, which I have, sometimes it's like this running ones, or I've had dreams where I've been in like a weird castle and I'm meeting these people in there and I'm like, what? You know, and then like, I've, I've had it too, where there would be ghosts or shadows kind of trying to run me out. Um, but once I'm lucid, I can turn around and I just be like, <laughs> what's going on here? Like, I'm, I'm in my dream. You don't have, um, you know, power over me in this dream. And it turns them into nothing, at least in my experience. You know, it's like, oh, now I can't play the game. Like, that's how it feels almost from those energies too. And I guess that's also what I've noticed now that I mentioned that with the other people who responded to me in a dream that it's it feels like other energies like it doesn't feel like myself it doesn't feel like nothing but it does feel like once I can be lucid and once I can address them like no this isn't happening their power is taken away they automatically leave they leave me alone I wake up or I'm able to just do something else you know so, okay, all this stuff, you're doing a lot of work in your dreams, right? So what do you do? Do you do anything before bed to like ground yourself or protect yourself or anything like that? Yes, actually. So a normal everyday thing for me is I do use crystals as a support in my like daily practice and just nearby me. You know, I love amethyst. Like that's like a top tier crystal for me that I like to use. And I leave that with either by my bed, under my pillow, or I'll have like a chain kind of like this one. I usually don't take a lot of my jewelry off. My wife kills me. She's like, no. Um, but I, I do tend to uh, use crystals as a way to help protect me in a way. 
I also do set intention just that I can receive clear messages that if there's anything I need or that will help me or heal me through the night that I, you know, invite that in with white light energy. You know, other than that, I don't have that many other practices just because they're very, they're very powerful to me, you know, in that way. But before bed, I definitely try to make sure that they're in place. Yes, definitely. A few little like last things um, that I remember, especially connected to like nightmares, scary things, is that a lot of it, I think, surrounded like other beings kind of coming in my energy and kind of taking up my space in familiar ways. So I've had dreams too, where I, I've moved around a little bit. I've had a few different homes in my life. So when I was really, really little, I had um, this house that I lived in with this basement. It was unfinished. <laughs> I was actually kind of afraid of my own basement at the time, but I was like a kid, you know, like I was younger than eight years old for sure. But I would have a dream too, when it comes to like nightmares where I would be led down the stairs and kind of in my own um, curiosity. It was never like I was being pushed or anything, but I felt almost guided, right, to go down these stairs in my dream. And whenever I would get down close to the last few steps, I would remember there was this huge, like, dark thing in the corner that would kind of, like, almost become a rug and stretch out to try and, like, get close to me when I would touch the floor. Like, that was really, really scary for me. I would just like run back up the stairs and shut the door and it was done. But I would have like that dream kind of reoccur a few times as I got older. And, you know, by that point I stopped going down the stairs all the way, but I could still feel that there. That one I think is like prevalent and like very prevalent for me. Other ones are like, if I was coming down the stairs, I would feel like maybe there was something behind me in the room. Then I would try to run, but then I'd fall and like go all the way down into like the abyss. There was nothing else. And then I'd be able to wake up. So my curious question or my, my thought after that is think about like, what is it that we're running from for one? Because yes, that could also be something very real in that, that realm. But I do also firmly believe that there's a teacher in that kind of dynamic where there's something in real life that I also need to know or I need to learn or work through. Um, I will say after a lot of those crazy dreams and those scary things, uh, I was shifting on a personal level in real life and they became less and less and less. And so that connection to me and my experience is very undeniable. So I would just like Let's write those things down if they happen to us. Um, otherwise, though, I think the dream out is a beautiful place to explore. It's an awesome way to kind of connect to ourselves on a deeper level. Um, not all things are scary. Sometimes just taking our power back in a dream is enough. And remembering who we are, you know, at the end of the day, because I will forever be grateful that me speaking a few words of protection and calling in angels and, you know, save me from a lot of kind of scary moments that I take with me in the conscious world, you know, like I, that's totally me now. And I'm so thankful and so grateful to have that kind of protection and support and love and feel connected all the time. Yeah, that's so cool. When you're talking about sort of those few little nightmares that you had when you were younger, at the beginning of this interview, you mentioned how connected to energy you've always felt. And that really like pinged for me, like those 
felt felt feel very energetic like you sensing energy even from a really young age and like my thought is maybe there was something really creepy in the basement that through a dream could reach your energetics a little bit more easily you know that's really fascinating so yeah, yeah I think you said this earlier in the interview too, but I think dream life and and waking life are so connected. You know, there's so much connection and, and I agree there, there can be a lot of parallels drawn between, yes, I can be experiencing like a creepy energy in my dream on maybe the astral plane or wherever the hell we go. But also in my life, it's kind of like the as above, so below as in dreams. So in waking, you know, like that type Mm -hmm. of thing. So yeah, I think we can draw a lot of parallels there. Well, this has been such a fun conversation with you, B. I have one last question just to sort of wrap it all up. And that's just that, what can somebody who's listening, if they're really interested in in enhancing their lucid dreaming, or maybe they have a lot of nightmares and they're interested in hoping to change those, what are some tips that you have for, you know, getting better at lucid dreaming? So I definitely think dream journaling is one of my top things for it. Uh, and I know it's tough. Like, listen, <laughs> as I was getting older to kind of like hone that for myself, even, um, it's tough to like, first thing when you wake up, be able to like pull out the pen and write on your piece of paper. So I like for the first, however, umpteenth days I was trying to do that. I would fall back to sleep. Like I would literally be like, Oh my God. (laughs) So I know it's hard, but that is like number one top tier of how to connect to the dream realm, at least in my experience, but I think it's worth a try. So second, uh, setting intention and protection at the same time. I would do both when you're trying to lucid dream. One, because you want the intention to be that you're open and conscious and aware, but you also don't want to invite anything that isn't all in my angels, my guys, please protect me. Please um, create the space so that I can receive the things I need to receive and to keep me, you know, all lower forms away. <laughs> so that's a big one. And for the third one, try not to force it. That's the other thing. You know, I think it's such a cool thing to practice, but at the same time, um, sometimes when we force things, we're also causing some kind of resistance. Like there's always going to be that "Mm," because there's no flow. And uh, in that case, you know, I also believe personally that source or your guides or whatever your teachings are wants to sit in that kind of experience and receive is so important. Mm. Ooh, yes, I agree. I totally agree with not trying to force it. I feel like I've been doing a lot of intention setting and, and lucid dream trying. And then when I sort of took a break from that, that's when that book stuff started to happen where I could yeah. kind of be aware. So yeah, like taking a break from trying, I think can be really helpful too. B, thank you so, so much for sharing all of your experiences and sharing your tips. This has been such a cool, fun, uh, magical, spooky episode. And I I super appreciate that. Where can listeners find you if they want to learn more about you? Yeah, absolutely. So I am mostly on Instagram. That's my main platform. And, um, you know, if you ever need anything directly, I'm also be really channeling at gmail.com for any personal work. Oh, and I have a website. So if you need spiritual tools, guidance, or just other things for your enlightenment, empowerment, uh, you can check me out at www.bereallychanneling.edwin.com. Amazing. B, thank you so, so much for your time. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So happy to be on the show. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you love the podcast and listen on Apple, please be sure to rate and leave a review. If you want more from Opening the Door, follow along on Instagram at Opening the Door Podcast. 
Have a question about psychic work or psychic development? Email openingthedoorpodcast at gmail.com and you might have your question included in one of our future Q&A episodes.